Welcome to the Purple Path with a Yell, a podcast where we explore what it means to live a life in pursuit of radical authenticity. This is episode four, and I am your host, Ayel, and today I'm talking to the wonderful Anjana Iyer. In this episode, we talk about how we can heal through connecting to the wild woman archetype, using body oils and plants to come into deeper connection with ourselves, nature, and spirit, ancestral healing, finding and calling in your soul family, the sisterhood wound, and the concept of imperfect action. Anjana Iyer is a wild feminine creatrix born into an ancestral lineage in need of healing. She honors her ancestors and uses their wisdom to help other souls on their journey through her intuitive gifts. Her life's mission is to be a trailblazer and pave a path carved out of love that allows other souls on a similar path to feel the ripples of her empowerment. Seeing one of us rise allows others to stand in their power. For this week's Patreon bonus, Anjana is doing a giveaway of one of her lavender roll-ons, which feels very serendipitous to me since that's one of my favorite herbs for its soothing and calming effects on my nervous system. And it is also the mascot of this podcast. You can see it on the cover. There's a little cluster of lavender decorating the edge of the purple path. So anyways, this giveaway will be available for Patreon subscribers at the $3 level. However, it is U.S. shipping only, so this week's Patreon bonus is more so for my U.S. audience. But if you're in another part of the world, don't worry. There's going to be lots more Patreon bonuses that you can tap into in the future. There will also be a 50% coupon code for Anjana's other products, as well as a 25% discount on her tarot services. So make sure you check that out over at patreon.com slash thepurplepath. This Patreon will help me keep this podcast ad-free and help me as an independent artist to have the resources and time to keep doing it and investing more into building this community of like-minded people who are on this path. Thank you so much to those of you who are already there. It really means so, so much to me. So without further ado, let's dive into this beautiful, unfiltered episode with the very real and inspiring Anjana Iyer. Hi, Anjana, and welcome to The Purple Path. Hi, Ayel. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be speaking with a fellow sister. Oh, I'm so grateful to have you here as well, and I'm so excited to catch up with you. Most definitely. It's been almost a year, right, since we did that episode for your podcast? No. Yeah. Since my podcast launched? Yeah, since we recorded for that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much I want to get that into. That was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved recording that because, like, we talked about everything from, like, plant medicine to, like, our journeys and, like, how I felt like we met, like, at a divine time. We really did. Such a divine time. Honestly, yeah. you were you were such an inspiration to me and you're still you still are. Um, but that was a really beautiful catalyst for me, I think, to even start my own podcast. So thank you for, you know, you. creating that space. Of course. Yeah, so of course. I'm so glad that that inspired. Yeah, me too. And so much has been happening for us both since we had that conversation. 
So I'm really excited For that sure. we get this opportunity to tap into the space intentionally once more. And uh, to start off, could you tell those listening who don't know you yet a little bit about you, what you do, <laughs> and your path in life so far? Of course. So I define myself as a wild feminine creatrix. And my path started off when I had my spiritual awakening back in COVID. And I started sharing intuitive channeled messages on TikTok. And they were just like, they're just channeled for my soul. And it started to reach like large audiences, which were truly just soul family. And I couldn't be more grateful for that happening. It just felt like fate because till this day like I'm connected with so many like so much soul family through social media and I feel like yeah so basically I would say I'm an intuitive and a highly sensitive soul <laughs> yes and a wild feminine creatrix uh yeah I love so that that's how I define myself yes I, <laughs> I definitely would define you the same way <laughs> thank you and I you're think, also someone yeah no go on go on Oh, yeah. The only thing I was going to say is, like, I hate being put in boxes. So that's, like, my biggest thing. Definitely feel you on that. Although I would describe you as an old soul. And that's something that we've spoken about Ooh. before. But I was wondering when you realized that you were, in fact, an old soul. And how that has affected you from childhood up until now. Also taking into account what you were just saying, you know, that you don't like to be put into boxes. And how you've yeah. allowed yourself the freedom to be, you know, a multitude of different things as you, you know, were so beautifully describing before. Wow, yeah. that's such a deep question. <laughs> I love that. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so I would say... I got confirmation like when I got a tarot reading done from this like person that I've been watching on YouTube for a while but that's like surface level confirmation I think for me the real like when it hit me that like I had a bigger purpose here and that I maybe experienced past lives was like when like people started commenting that like my channel messages had genuinely like touch their souls and help them get through like dark periods of their life and at that point I was just like whoa like what like I truly didn't believe it mm -hmm. and like I think that was one of the moments I think also in life just like the path my soul chose has definitely been one that like made me feel like I've learned a lot of karmic lessons at the ripe age of 21 and I find that I like make friends with people who are older than me but that's like I don't know that's a small thing but like so it started off young I would say the biggest indicator for me which doesn't always have to be the indicator was like um like heavy karmic energy within my family and polarities and so I just feel like certain old souls incarnate in like environments that are filled with polarities to be able to um first experience the conditioning and then absorb that and later unlearn that and then like share that experience with others in their own way and like a path breaking way 
and a way that like helps to heal your ancestral lineage as well, which I think is so beautiful. And I think like a lot of us are doing like at least like everyone in my soul family is including you. So like, yes. yeah. Yeah. I love that you get a sense of being part of this collective, right? As you go down this yeah. path. And that is definitely what I felt yeah. when I connected with you was, um, yeah, that we were on a similar journey and that we could really mirror each other and each other's um, paths in life. And that really helped me to feel less alone in my own journey yeah. and to feel seen. And I think that's so important. But for the people listening mm. that may be unfamiliar with the terms that we are using, like... Um, the collective Uh, would you care to elaborate (laughs) a little bit more about what that means what it means to you how that's been relevant for you I would love to and then feel free to add on to it Um, so for me I refer to the collective as like collective consciousness so like the energy of all of us as beings on this planet Because what I believe is that, like, in higher realms, like, source, when you go up higher dimensions, like, we are one. Like, I am. And so when I think of collective consciousness, I just think of, like, all our collective energies and how it's, like, if if we take, if one person connects to the vibration of love, like, it can help, like, incite a ripple effect and, like, have other people connect to that vibration. And that's something I really realized a lot more recently like instead of yeah mirroring back like disharmony connecting to your center is so important and so I know I went a little bit off tangent but that's my little (laughs) definition of collective so feel free to add on to it I, I love that yeah I definitely feel feel that as well and there are a lot of nuances in there which you touched on some of them I think also as a highly sensitive yeah. person um, on top of everything that yes. you were just mentioning, it's not easy to yes. uh, sometimes find your collective and navigating a world that is very masculine driven. So I was wondering how you self-care as a highly sensitive person and what that's been like for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So I think that you know, when I spiritually awakened, I realized that, like, I, I I, was wounded. Like, I experienced the masculine wound and the feminine wound. But I think the beautiful part about awakening is, like, having the awareness of that. It kind of takes the power away from that when you are, like, in the presence of that. And, like, you're able to, you know, acknowledge that part of yourself. And so that's, like, the journey that I've been on for the fat past few years And like you just mentioned, like, in a predominantly masculine world, I found that, like, growing up, that was one of the polarities I deeply experienced, like, with my father figure. And so, for me, like, bringing the feminine back into my life has been such a priority through so many different avenues. And I think the feminine energy is all about receiving sensuality, sexuality, feeling empowered in yourself without like, you know, the wounded masculine narrative of like control, um, oppression, all of that, you know? And so for me, like self-care has changed so much over 
literally maybe the past six months, like it has changed dramatically. And I think there are days when I don't feel so good, but recently for me, self-care has been like external and internal. So I will say the external factors have been like, um, I have a condition called PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome for anyone listening. And so I believe that every like, you know, disease or illness we have starts off from an emotional charge or is passed down ancestrally to heal. And so for me, that really, you know, kicked off my self-care journey. And so I researched into like being more mindful and like massaging myself. So like I have castor oil and the thing about castor oil is it penetrates, it's the oil that penetrates the deepest into your body. And so I've been on a journey into holistically like healing my irregular periods through like my own intuition and research and eating for my body. And so that has been a huge aspect of my self-care, like health and wellness. And then I guess on a deeper level, thank you. Yeah. On a deeper level, I would say like shadow work. Like I have been journaling. I don't know if you know the book, The Artist's Way. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think it just like, yeah, it spread recently and I love it. I've been, I've been trying my best to do like three pages of journaling daily and it's really helped to ground me Mm. and like connect me to myself. So that's another aspect. And then, yeah, I think like, that's what I can think of off the top of my head. (laughs) I love that you mentioned, um, you know, using castor oil. I haven't used it myself, but I definitely want to check that out because this is actually something mm-hmm. that I've only just discovered this summer and I can't believe it. Yeah. That uh, just the use of body oils and connecting to herbs and not only to herbs, but also to your ancestry through herbs and specifically uh-huh. in body oils, like taking the essence of a herb into your body through the skin. Oh my goodness. And how healing that is. I love that. I I never even knew about it. Like nobody really talks about it. Like they don't even sell body oils. Like everything you see, there's always like some exterior purpose, like make your skin glow, like make your, you know, like do this like seven step skin routine. Like it's always for some exterior purpose that we're using these products. It's not like and a lot of the times yeah, a lot of the times it's there's a lot of toxins and chemicals in these things. And so I've never fully understood how many different ways there are to connect with um with plants and to access this innate wisdom of the plant kingdom through body oils and um yeah different um different products that, you know, are created with the intent for spiritual connection. And uh, one thing that I've been using a lot in my own healing recently has been rose body oil. One, because it was actually one of the only body oils that I was able to find (laughs) because um, I've been looking for them all over since ever since I heard you know, that this is something that you can use in order to connect to either a flower or a herb essence deeper. And it is um, so crazy. You mentioned rose body oil. Yes. I love that. Finish your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But anyways, I feel like rose is such a heart opening flower, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really been helping me 
um, yeah, to open up my heart space and also to like ease any tension within my heart space and any kind of like lingering resentments. Like I really feel like when I uh, use rose body oil and do like a meditation um, and maybe, and I've also been using a, a rose quartz and putting it above my heart space. Um, that's been so healing for me. And, um, oh my God, crystals yeah. and oils are such a big part of my journey as well. Like yesterday, yeah. I was like rubbing like almond oil on my shoulders and my neck and mm. like just getting intimate with myself. You know what I mean? Like ironing out like the knots I felt. And then I like, it's crazy you mentioned rose oil because I got sent this like rose jasmine oil for your face from this ayurvedic brand which is like Mm, leads back to my roots Mm. and yeah and it has rosehip seed oil too and just rubbing that into my face and just like oiling my entire body that's like Mm. an ancient ayurvedic practice that i like you know got disconnected with because i remember actually when i was a baby my grandma used to like oil my entire body and then let me lie in the sun for a few hours wow i love that (laughs) isn't that crazy that sounds so beautiful it's like all the medicine at once (laughs) you know know, the sun medicine and and the (laughs) the oils and the herbs oh that's so beautiful exactly and so yeah no i think oiling is like i feel like oiling yourself is a beautiful way to get in touch with your body you know and like be intimate with yourself Yes, it yeah. really is. And honestly, it's become part of my like evening routine now um, to use yes. the rose body oil, do like a guided meditation and really tap into that space. That. And um, yeah, I now that. I like look forward to that part of my day, <laughs> you know, because it, it's I just love that. It has such a profound um, effect on me. And so yeah. I'm excited yeah. to explore there? more, you know, different herbs and um, different flower essences and oils and to create, yeah. you know, my own relationships to these different um, plants, because I believe that every, every single flower or plant has a different essence and a different message, something to teach us, something to show us. And um, it's so crazy how disconnected, you know, we are in our day-to-day lives mm-hmm. from this intelligence, from this knowledge that is just on our doorstep yes yes I find myself like for the past month or two like I rediscovered like nature trails in the area I've been living in tiny streams that were like forgotten by humans and like I connected with like the water spirits and I would go back like every day because water is so cleansing and just sit on the rocks and like I feel like could reconnect with my inner child again and one day when I was doing that like this couple was walking by on the trail and they were like oh I thought you were like a scientist or something and I was like <laughs> that made me laugh because I thought how funny it was that like more like adults don't just do that you know like connect know. with their inner child and I also like hug trees in public yes like, I too. love hugging trees <laughs> when I need it right yes yes definitely yeah totally it's it's so healing and also I think it's so beautiful that you know trees have this defense mechanism that when you get close to a tree it actually sends out this chemical from its leaves that is calming so that whoever is close by um is less likely to attack them and I just thought that 
is like the most beautiful <laughs> like defense mechanism I've ever heard of. That and it also makes so heart. much sense. That melted my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It also makes so much sense because oh you really gosh. do get that feeling of calm, you know, just from being in its presence. And whilst I do believe that it's more than just what it sends out, you know, from its leaves, it's funny to have like a scientific explanation as well, alongside with the spiritual connection, yeah. obviously, that yeah. you can sense from just a, a tree's magnificent being. Of course. And just like grounding, like putting your bare feet on earth, like our ancestors did, like mm. it like sends out the positive ions into your body, into the earth, and then it replenishes your body with negative ions. And that sounds counterintuitive, but negative ions are actually the ones that are like good for you. Mm. And you can also experience that, like, you know, when you are at a beach and like the waves are crashing, the same, the same energy gets like poured into you because I think it's like linked to like the salt water Yes, I, and the crashing of the waves. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I think there's a book called um, Connecting to the Native Spirit, I believe. I'm going to look it up and then I'm going to put yeah. it in the show notes because that was one of the first <laughs> books I read um, that kind of spoke about wow. these practices of like putting your feet on mm -hmm. the soil and how that is so mm -hmm. crucial for, for human beings um, to feel connected to the earth and also to regulate our systems. And the fact mm -hmm. that we're disconnected from the earth soil by shoes actually, you know, can put our bodies mm -hmm. in a dysregulated state. And so I just found it fascinating and so beautiful because it contains a lot of uh, practices from around the world, from um, uh, different um, native tribes and incorporates that knowledge uh, for us to reclaim really and I think that's a yeah. beautiful you know, that's practice a, that is so beautiful that's thought I've been having recently like are there shoes that I like literally searched this up the other day like are there shoes that allow like the energy <laughs> of like grass oh and grounding to like move through you your feet <laughs> And I think, like, there was, like, ones that were, like, made of, like, leather or, like, something like that. But I'm sure someone's creating something as we speak. But, like, that would be so cool. Or just walk bare feet. Yeah. I've heard of these shoes, these flip-flops that, like, grew moss on them. And then you'd wear them to crowd. What? That's <laughs> why People come up with all sorts of creative things. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, and I do think that we're going to yeah. start seeing more and more um, <clears throat> products that are kind of... Yeah. more heart-led I guess and yeah that are yeah. um in favor of just like we were mentioning with the oils you know versus just using products for an exterior purpose products that are meant for an interior purpose and um yeah. that you can't see on the surface yeah. but that is felt and so I'm excited yeah. about these new developments and how many people are actually you know, starting to wake up to these things and reconnect to plants yeah. and, and that maybe in the near future, I won't look like a crazy person hugging a tree, <laughs> you know, that it will just be normal, you, you know, that both. I'm you hugging another both. living being, which happens to be a tree yeah. know, for the benefit of us I both. I find, right, I find that I'm always placed in like urban environments, like so I was hugging a tree at this really famous like Ivy League university and no one does that there, but I didn't give a shit when I did it. And I like made a TikTok video about it too. And I was like so proud of myself because the trees there are like over a hundred years old. And I'm like, and the thing is, 
I read this recently, and I know we both follow her, Mariam Husna. I don't know yes. do, mm. if you recognize her. Yes. She goes by the Flower Priestess. She talks about the more you visit a spot in nature and connect with the energy of that like plant spirit or that water spirit, the more they'll open up to you mm. and the more they'll offer their healing energy to you, which is powerful, which is so beautiful. And what's crazy is one day when I went back with my friend to the same like stream I'd been so many times, I found one of my crystal bracelets hanging from one of the branches of the trees, like a week later. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you've I been that. exploring that as well, and that we've both kind of yeah. been awakening to these things, especially yeah. in, in this past year. Because um, yeah. I do feel like, I, whereas my self-care routine used to be something that I had to like make time for and like schedule it in you know and whilst that's great and, and necessary I love that it's now turning into more of a way of living that I'm incorporating it yeah. more so into my day-to-day you know by hugging trees and talking to plants <laughs> and also just to be yeah. uh, to be more mindful and conscious of what I need um the kind of person I am um also you know, like we were saying, being a highly sensitive person and what that yeah. means and how I want to create my day-to-day life and how I want to interact yeah. and from what space I want to approach things and to really be okay exactly. with doing things differently and um, and to explore. Like not like feeling like you're doing, doing, doing and like yeah. And just being and just like being one with nature and, and like making self-care a part of your life and just embodying yeah. that so that it like your life becomes one big like heart prayer. Definitely. And I think it's difficult growing up, you know, yeah. we don't see a lot of examples of maybe women that live in this of way course. or the women that do live in this way you know have been kind of vilified for centuries like the witches the um the woo-woo ladies the the weird feminists or you know there are so many different stereotypes so much yeah yeah and so it's hard to like they're not celebrated in in the way that they should be and therefore growing up it's really hard to look up to them in the way that that you know, I would have liked to <laughs> have people yeah, um, and role models like that to look up to. Whereas I felt um, like there just weren't any good examples of of people living a life that really, really spoke to me. And so it's easy to instead choose these more superficial paths. And I think that's something that definitely happened to me earlier on because I just didn't see any other examples that call to me yeah of course of course and I think that's the path of a soul like on their journey to enlightenment and just like being an old soul is like experiencing the karmic polarities and then you know from that like like literally like learn unlearning and embodying the quite opposite and like sharing that with the world but also like paving your own path like figuring out what it is for you that calms your nervous system because and just like helps you feel alive because we're all such different beings and like each of us have like such unique abilities and gifts that like I think the 
world hasn't taught us how to connect with our own intuition. And that's such an intimate thing. And I guess we're just like not like, you know, encouraged to connect with our intuition at a young age because mm. of the societies we live in. And so, yeah, I think that children are so pure. That's another thing I would say, like, because... They just, like, are their most unbridled self before, like, conditioning gets, like, bored yeah. down on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so powerful for a lot of us to reconnect to that inner child, to reconnect to that yeah. essence. Definitely. Um, that's why that can be such a Definitely. healing practice. Yeah. One on of the, the concept of um, herbs. Sorry, yeah. No, go on, go on. <laughs> yeah, on the concept of herbs you mentioned earlier... I bought, like, so many herbs from Anima Mundi Herbals, that brand, mm. like, herbal teas, yeah. and that's been a part of my healing journey for PCOS. Like, I've been learning that, like, oh, raspberry yes. leaf tea is good for your um, womb, especially as a woman, and, like, my whole focus has been on my womb and my heart, like, heart opening. Mm. I've also been, like, diving deep into, like, mudras, mm. which are, like, the, the lotus pose, which you hold by your heart, and that like activates a frequency of receiving and like I did a guided meditation with that and I do that like nearly every night and it's like it's so beautiful because I find like tears streaming down my eyes and like me going into my parasympathetic nervous system when I do it wow. yeah that's so beautiful and I've also uh recently discovered a tea <laughs> that I've been incorporating yeah more so um into my life which tea blue lotus and uh, I'm sure you've heard of it before. It's, oh, yeah, I yeah, have it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's such a beautiful, beautiful tea. Just the process itself of like putting, you know, flour into boiling water is such a soothing, calming thing to do. I love the ritual of it. And um, I think I saw it on your stories. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that looks so beautiful. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so nice. It's such a nice little little yeah. ritual for myself that I do now, and especially when I'm on my period, it's really good for cramps. Ooh. Yeah. So and what I heard is that when we're on our period, we're like, like our most heightened into intuition mm. like we're our high priestess self so like the blue lotus helps us yeah connect to that fate it really does part of our cycle and it also yeah. um gives you a lot of really kind of vivid lucid dreams so it can really Ooh. help you channel and bring up um things from your subconscious um bring up different things for you to heal in a more um calm state i guess and one where you feel more held and supported. And so that's... Do you usually drink it at night or in the morning? Or does it depend? Um, it depends. I do find I like to drink it at night just because it has a really soothing, calming effect. And so... Uh, but sometimes I'll drink it in the middle of the day. But usually in the morning, I prefer like green tea, something that has like a little bit of a, a kick to it. Yeah, Although, definitely. Yeah, I did get these... Um, these drops as well of blue lotus uh, here in bali mm -hmm. uh, they sell this tincture with blue wow. lotus drops which is higher potency and i found that it's quite a different experience from taking the tea and it really kind of awakens wow. you it makes you feel really wow. light and i was actually using it in um, combination with uh, my little routine of uh, rose body oil and crystals uh -huh. and wait so do you 
eat do you um consume the tincture or yes. do you put it on your you body? You put a few drops underneath your tongue and you hold it in your mouth for wow. about twenty seconds and then swallow. Wow. And it takes about ten minutes for it to kick in. Um, and so I should mention like blue lotus is also known as a psychoactive um in some capacity. Yeah. But you do have to yeah. take like quite large quantities for that to occur and that is one of the ways yeah. in which uh, ancient Egyptians would use blue lotus yes. in their ceremony and rituals I yeah. was just gonna say that yes yeah. and also as an aphrodisiac and so it has a lot yeah. of different uses and I'm only just now starting to explore and learn I love that yeah and it's been it's been a really beautiful journey it's been beautiful getting to know the blue lotus better yeah. but yeah I found that using the tincture with the rose body oil was such a heart opening experience it made me feel so light I would say it has like wow. dragonfly butterfly energy like you feel wow. like you could just like soar so um yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is magical I'm gonna need you to ship me some of that tincture yeah I mean I'm I'm <laughs> considering like starting to make it uh myself actually <gasps> like me and my mom have been uh, connecting over these herbal tinctures and oils recently yeah. and really feeling the call to explore more and to maybe do some yeah. courses maybe start making our own and so that is yeah. definitely something we're going to be exploring more and when I return to Europe I definitely want to explore making my own and um, yeah and maybe eventually sharing it with public as well <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's so aligned mm -hmm. in sync to my journey yes because like I was growing lavender. Well, my mom grew lavender in our backyard. Mm. And so we harvested that and, you know, let it dry in the basement for three weeks. And then we soaked it in castor oil for like three to four weeks. And then I've created like little bottles that are on sale on my website now. Oh, I love that. And I'm oh. so proud of it. Yeah. And then I infused crystals into it too. Do you, so, do you ship? Yeah, the, it's, it's crazy. Do you ship worldwide or just the United States? No, just the U.S. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. There are a few like body oils <laughs> and different tinctures that I have my eye on, but they're all in the, in the U.S. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to be looking at trying to find more in Europe, but also just Definitely. learning to make my own. I think it's it's such a Definitely. healing practice because this is what our ancestors would do. You know, before there was yeah. big pharma, you made your own medicine, or you you know had an um, had somebody make medicine from herbs for you. Our ancestors, yeah. our souls, and our past lives. Exactly, <laughs> and so I think it's a it's something that we all carry this knowledge within us and this connection to plants yeah. because we have been using them in that capacity for you know so so long and it's something that I really want to explore more as I deepen my connection to my ancestry and my ancestors and and also to yeah. myself and to spirit and the natural world around me that is so beautiful mm. <laughs> I loved hearing about your self-care routine yeah, likewise, That's likewise. <clears throat> Another thing that I think you and I have in common is this connection to the dark divine feminine and the wild woman archetype. So mm -hmm. I would love to just hear you elaborate on how you connect to these energies and integrate them into your life. Oh, yeah, I love this one. <laughs> I think that the dark divine feminine is like, I think, like, people misconceive 
that energy sometimes. But, like, I love to give the example of goddesses like Kali. And I get I guess there's so many in, like, different cultures, like Hecate. And I think she's Greek. But um, how I feel I embody it in my life is, well... An example would be, did you see Shakira's VMA performance oh dancing God, yes. with the knives yes. and shaking her hips? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, oh my God. Oh, I love iconic. that. And like, I fell in love. I was like, wow, that woman is the embodiment of the dark Literally, and it's so funny that you and- mentioned that because like as a kid, <laughs> I kid you not, I could not stop dancing to that song, the whenever, wherever, and yes. do that, like, you know, spin my hair and like... <laughs> do all of the things and move my I hips know, right? and I was like six years old you know I just that was all I That's wanted to do amazing <laughs> yeah that reminded me of me in like fifth grade when I was obsessed with that song and like belted it out and so yes I think for me one way of connecting with the dark divine feminine has been exploring um ecstatic dance like shaking my hips and mm. like belly dancing different like forms of dancing that have been like labeled by men as sexual but there's 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 so deeper than that like yeah. there's yeah. so much more to it like women shaking our hips it's like spiritual and sacred because women store emotions in their hips yes. and their womb and so these dance forms like are a release and they're sacred yes. and they're spiritual and they really that's are. what I want to get into like my future self like I mm. want to go to like a belly dancing course or like oh, I'd love a that. dance class yeah yeah I'd love to explore that more definitely I remember um definitely going to Iran uh I think I was four or five years old um with my parents and um just you know seeing all of my relatives doing these amazing dances moving their hips even the men too <laughs> and, wow. uh, and loving it you know and that's something yeah. I did grow up with even in Sweden you know we'd have these parties um dancing to Persian music and everybody always moves their hips and that is you know just that's how I dance and wow. so whenever I'm on stage and I perform that is my yeah. innate kind of form of expression and it was even as a child and I remember being <laughs> like six seven years old and doing these dances at like school or like at a school dance you know everybody was just looking yeah. at me like what is she doing I think everyone was amazing. really taken aback by it because I grew up in Sweden and so everyone was everyone was Swedish and everyone was Girl, just you're a like, trendsetter you're a pioneer just jumping up and age. down and, and there I was just like <laughs> You know, like twisting and twirling and doing the snake dance. And um, wow. yeah, it's funny Look because at, you. <laughs> at the time, um, I wasn't very popular for it. I remember like the kids started a group about me when I was about six years wow. old called Amanda Fatbum. So oh Amanda is my real name. Ayala is my artist name. And so, yeah, yeah, that was that was an interesting thing to navigate. Wow. Because I definitely yeah. had a lot of opportunities to suppress that energy within myself. But I wow. think it was just so strong. It could not be, wow. <laughs> could not be the, suppressed. I'm so proud of you for breaking through that. Um, thank yeah, you. No, I, have, I, I think I've had similar experiences growing up. Like I, I remember being like, bullied and just like suppressing my energy and that leads me into something I actually got like an Usui 
Reiki healing session done from this woman in Australia. And I forget her name. I think she's um, the CRS of Light on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I've never done something like this before. And so basically she used a dummy doll to connect with my energy and like see what my blockages were. And one of the things that like stick to my mind were she said that like my shoulders, like when I was like 10 or 11, like I like disassociated from my body because I didn't feel safe to take up space. And so she like mentioned my shoulders and I was like, wow, listening back to that, like I cried, like I had an energetic release from that. And I was like, that made me believe in like magic so much more. Just like, you know, mm. allowing people to help you, allowing reception and just allowing. Oh my God, yes. Mm. Yeah. I think as like a healer on this path, I'm so used to giving, but like receiving for a change was so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. It's so important. And, and I found like, I found my defenses coming up, like as we were like discussing it when I listened back to the audio and like like my defense mechanism but then i realized that like that's exactly how it had to be in that moment and then it just like made me cry because of how much i'd been through and how mm. she helped me feel validated in my experiences and i think validation is so important for it healing. is it really is yeah yeah that also makes me think about um something we've spoken about before which is the sisterhood mm -hmm. wound yeah. And something that I think a lot of women can relate to. I mean, I definitely yeah. have struggled a lot with it. And, and I'm so passionate about that. Yeah. yeah. In a society um, where we've often been taught to see each other as competition rather than as these supportive yeah. sources of inspiration and comfort, it can be really difficult yes. to untangle. And I was wondering, yes. yeah, if and you'd be willing to speak on that and what that journey has been like for you. Of course. So I just want to start off with like the history of this. And I dove deep into this. There's this book called, I think the Sophia Code that goes into, I could be totally wrong, but I think that was a book. Um, it went into the history of how like 3000 years ago, like the patriarchy and like the masculine forces on the planet destroyed evidence of goddesses that were worshipped in communities like there was this community um and villages like way back in the day um of our ancestors there was this there was this one specific city or town or like living system in india called harappa and mohenjadaro and like they created a community like quite literally that was like so spiritually connected to source and like we've lost all that evidence or it's hidden and like in those communities right women and men were equal and they worshiped goddesses and like in some communities like women's were women were the heads of the families and there was a lot of worship towards a goddess like isis her path like she would initiate like her students and a lot of that information has been destroyed and like present day a lot of religion is very masculine oriented so i think like that for me is a bit of where like the sisterhood wound stems from like historically yeah. does that make sense definitely definitely yeah because it's uh, it's yeah it's so interwoven into our current society you know um yeah 
it it's there and it stems from history. So that's yeah. part of the reason it's so difficult to untangle is because and it's we not are, even talked about. No, yeah. we are living in the consequence of that history yeah. and also the consequence of the burning times of women being mm-hmm. hunted, you know, and accused of being witches for simply having a connection to nature or each other. Yeah. You know, women weren't allowed so to, to gather, know. to circle. And so... No, because we were so powerful. And, mm-hmm. like, they didn't want us to access our intuitive and our feminine power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I heard about this book. I actually haven't even read it yet. But it's on, <laughs> it's on my to-read list as soon as I get back to Europe. I'm going to order it. Uh, and it's called something like... the million circles i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna find okay. it and i'll put it in the show notes and i'll share it with you and, and i'm gonna read it too yes <laughs> it's about how circle women's circles specifically yeah. um can heal the world and the sisterhood wound wow. and also um bring us in into a post patriarchal era and wow how powerful it is when when women gather and yes. how that yes. can really be a practice that that spreads and that empowers us to to bring society forth um, in in a new direction and to reclaim. You know, I yeah yeah. You know, I partially experienced that during a new moon in Leo. I think a few months ago, there was a place near where I lived. I think it was in New York, um, where this beautiful spiritual soul was holding like a community healing on the new moon. And so what it involved was first we started with ecstatic dance, which was out of my comfort zone, just like (laughs) moving and not judging, but the lights were dark and the energy was there and the space felt so safe. And I think that was the first time I've ever been in an environment like that because I have, I never did anything like that before. Mm. And so we all just danced and like, I was late. So I was nervous from the get go. But then the second I got there, I realized that like, there was this energy of like non-judgment and it just felt so safe, the container. And then after that, we drank cacao, like ceremonial cacao, which is meant to open your heart chakras and help aid that. And then what we did was a guided meditation. And at the end, we all sat in a circle and whoever wanted to share parts of their experience could. And we held hands and people started crying. At that point, I was... I was afraid to share my experience because, you know, I was still evolving on my journey and I guess to each their own. But I think just seeing other people, other women being vulnerable was really healing for me. Like seeing other women being able to bear like their emotions and cry in front of us and show us that it's nothing to be ashamed of. But it's actually like I like... I'm learning to embrace more of my emotions. That's something I really want to do. And I think we're taught in our society that emotions are a form of weakness. And I think that's yeah. like masculine wound. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for you. And so, yeah, at the end of the circle, basically, everyone like went around and we could hug whoever we wanted to, say bye to whoever we wanted to. There was this one experience. There was this one girl who came up to me and she had bought like five different herbs from where she lived. And she was like, choose one intuitively and I think I picked rosemary and like she hugged me and there was just like like this like love of like I I'm never like we we've never talked again we've never met again but in that moment like she just Mm. offered that 
to me and it was it, I just like I can't even explain it in words like she, I, I've been like burning it over the past few months as an offering to my goddesses and like yeah it was it was so magical yeah I love that yeah just being yeah. able to be in a space where you you see women feel a lot of these emotions that are so universal to our experiences as women yeah. and a lot of these wounds yeah. that we all carry from our history yeah. our current experience but also our ancestral trauma to feel yeah. less alone in that to feel held yeah. in that just in that shared yeah. emotion is so powerful even if you even if you like you said don't feel ready to share anything on your own just yeah. being held in that comfort is really beautiful it's like it incites something it ignites like the journey of healing within you because it yeah. allows you to start to feel safe in your body so it's yeah. it's amazing yeah yeah I've also attended my few first women's circle this summer actually yeah in Bali wow. yeah um I met this this woman here who um is incredible and she hosts these beautiful women's circles and yeah. does these guided meditations and mm -hmm. a lot of different things come up in these meditations and I love the way in which she actually uses her voice and her singing voice as well wow. during the meditations and it's been really inspiring for me and something that I hope I will be able to facilitate as well because yeah. it's difficult to find access to things like this if you're not like in Bali like I am at the moment you know exactly <clears throat> no yeah. I totally agree with that yeah yeah <laughs> and so I would love to make it a more accessible experience and accessible. and to be part That's of so beautiful you know this collective that is bringing these experiences to the forefront yeah as you said that what I envisioned was like we meet versions of our higher self or like facets of our higher self that we want to embody in our life yes. and I think that's magical about mm. the universe that it, we get to is. see that yeah it's so true yeah yeah something that I've also been thinking yeah. a lot about lately that we were actually talking about a little bit before jumping on the mm -hmm. call is this concept of um, imperfect action doing the best that we can mm -hmm. with the energy and resources at our disposal like oftentimes we have all of these goals and amazing things that we want to do, right? Or who we would like to become yes. even, but we are still healing certain things. We are all in different parts of our journey. Yes. Sometimes our lives are tumultuous and it's hard to find our feet, <laughs> to find our balance and to even have yeah. kind of the circumstances from which to begin. And I'm curious yeah. what that journey has been like for you. I know you've spoken yeah. a, a, bit, a bit about it on your socials and it's also something yeah. that I'm still learning, but what does imperfect action mean to you and how are you implementing it? Yeah, yeah. So like at home, I found that like if you're born into a karmic family, like you will experience periods after you've awakened of just being in survival mode and it's difficult and it's tough. So like for the past six months when I was living at home, towards the end of it, I started leaning so deeply into nature that like it helped me like you know calm into my parasympathetic nervous system but I was still coping with like not being able to feel safe to feel my emotions so I would say the imperfect actions that I took were to just do my best to feel good about myself and to 
sort of um take everyone else's energy that felt like it was draining me away from me so what I mean by that is just really like centering and grounding into myself like I found that that is such a really a recurring theme that's come in my life because as a highly sensitive soul like growing up in my family there was like a lack of boundaries and there was like yeah just like a lot of like disharmony and like stepping it on other people's toes and telling other people what to do and not letting you know someone be themselves and grow into themselves so what I've realized is really just allowing myself to connect to myself has been the biggest imperfect action that I can take which is like on some days if it's just journaling one page on other days if it's just you know putting my hands on my heart and taking like three deep breaths you know like like basically just I would say what do you call it like switching up the routine to what you're able to handle on that day Mm. to be able to you know bring yourself that much more peace and safety yeah even if it's imperfect even if it doesn't feel like you know you're giving your all but you're still like you know being there for yourself showing up for yourself so yeah I guess that would be imperfect action for me yeah because growing up like I was always shown that like oh, you have to be productive all the time and, like, your worth derives from how productive you are. So unlearning that has been huge. Yeah, that's been huge for me as well. And especially, I think, this year um, is the first time that I'm really learning what it means to implement imperfect action into my life because I've kind of been oscillating between this toxic-driven masculine way of um of getting things done right being super yeah. hyper productive and yeah. then this super feminine state of just like leaning back and not doing anything <laughs> at all yeah. disconnecting exactly. completely from reality exactly. <laughs> and i think that part of it <laughs> is sometimes necessary because you've been so heavily yeah. into one that you have to like go really heavily into the other before yes. finding your balance the and, balance yeah yes and that's what I feel like I'm finally um starting to learn how to incorporate it and find better balance because for a time there it was hard to even think of starting any new projects or, or doing anything because from forcing myself to be so productive for so long I had this deep yeah. persistence towards committing to anything new because I didn't I, I went through this period where I was just making space in my life. Like, I needed space. I just wanted yeah. space. And I couldn't take on a lot of new things. And whenever I try, I would just feel this resistance. Yeah. And so I yeah, think no, that... I went through that same period. Yeah. And I, um, that period happened when, like, when my intuitive readings hit, like, an all-time high. Like, I would post a new intuitive reading every day on TikTok. Like, when it was at its peak and, like, everyone would connect. That was when I was at my most, like vulnerable and I would say innocent because I hadn't understood what energetic barriers and boundaries were at that point in time so I completely burnt myself out and so now it's just like I'm reclaiming my dark divine feminine energy and realizing that I don't have to like give from reserves I don't have and I can still live a magical life yeah that's so real because it's like even when we're doing something that we love 
we can still yeah. burn out, you know, just because you're doing something exactly. that you love doesn't mean that you have this like infinite uh, source of energy that is never, ever uh, gonna, exactly. you know, get, get depleted if you don't have those boundaries in place, if you're not um, acting so from true. a place of, you know, uh, considering your needs. And it's confusing because sometimes when we're so excited to do something, we just go full force into it. And then we're surprised yeah. when down the line, suddenly yeah. it's like the rug is swept from underneath us. And we're like, wait, I what learned happened? something every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And whilst I do believe, yes, we do have an infinite source of energy, you know, that comes straight from sword, source. It's about how we cultivate that connection so that it is yes. ever flowing and so that it keeps yes. coming back and returning to us. Yes. Even when we're choosing to do things that we love, it's important to remember that. Yeah. Um, I was so humbled. Yeah. I, I like, I like completely stopped and I was like, I think social media plays such a big role in this too, right? Like in the present day and age, like learning how to create a balance between like living in presence and then also sharing parts of your experience on social media to connect with people around the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And we're almost out of time. So we're going to wrap up this conversation yeah. soon, but please okay. let people know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, all of the good stuff. Yes. So my Instagram is at anjana.ier, A-N-J-A-N-A dot I-Y-E-R. My TikTok is at A-N-J-V-I-Y-E-R, Anjvier. And my podcast, which Ayeli was featured on, is called At Journey in Words. And you can find it on Spotify through my Instagram and my website, which I launched recently is www.angxverse.com. Yeah. And so that's Beautiful. everything. Thank you. And I'm also going to put <laughs> links to all of that in the show notes and anything else that we mentioned in this episode uh, that might be relevant is also going to be in there. So Thank you so, so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me and to share these of course, parts yeah. of yourself with me and the people that listen to this podcast. I am so Thank grateful. Thank you for having me, Ayel. Thank you for walking the purple path with us. As always, you can find links and resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with someone you think might benefit from it or tag me on Instagram at Music, and let me know what you thought of it. I love hearing from you, so thank you in advance. If you want to connect with me and support this podcast so we can keep it completely ad-free, you can head over to patreon.com slash thepurplepath and subscribe on the $3 level for more content and support on your journey. You will receive a copy of my ebook, The Eight Paths of Radical Authenticity, when you sign up, as well as access to Patreon bonuses for every episode of The Purple Path, including guided meditations, giveaways, PDFs, events, personal stories, and further opportunities for connection. You can also leave a review on iTunes for the chance to feature in an upcoming episode. I am going to read every single one, and I would love to hear how people are receiving this podcast. I am so grateful to you for sharing this space with me. Thank you, and be well. Bye.